are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Tuesday, May the 14th, and John Beeline is on the move. This is your boy, Matt Shook, a sports writer here in the Motor City covering the NBA for the Associated Press and the Detroit News, Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thanks for spreading the word about the podcast this offseason today, and you can hear it in my voice, still recovering from a Vegas weekend, a little under the weather as one might imagine there. But uh, today we're going to talk about the uh, the weekend, touch on it a little bit, and also the conference finals ahead. Going to touch on the John Beeline news and have some thoughts there. A lot going on with the NBA world, although the Pistons aren't really front and center in hardly any of it, including the combine coming up, draft combine this week in Chicago. I will be out there. Pistons looking at prospects for the second round and also for the number 15 pick in the draft. And but going back to the Pistons centric topics, we will talk to Jacob Rogers of Palace of Pistons. He's going to talk about some players who might return to Detroit this offseason, some old friends who might be back in the red, white, and blue. Give me a follow, by the way, on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S C H O C H, another underscore after that, also the Lockdown Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Lockdown Pistons dash Matt Shook. But like I said, I, I had kind of teased that we'll do a a recording from a sports book in Las Vegas, and we did do that. Um, a couple of friends helped out there, but uh, probably won't see the light of day. I think I was a little too many pops deep to uh, to put that out in the world. I listened to it later that night, and it's like, ah, we don't, we don't, we don't need to be sharing those kinds of uh, moments with the general public here on Locked On Pistons. But you can imagine as uh, having a lot of fun talking about the Game 7s, which were a good time. Obviously, I'd, I'd loved to be in Las Vegas during that. Had a cabana, I bought by the pool, watching Portland and uh, Denver there. C.J. McCollum with the huge Game 7 performance really came through. And uh, and really, I was a Philadelphia upset away from a nice parlay win with the underdogs there. Felt good about both of them. Wasn't meant to be, as we know. Kawhi Leonard with the big shot. You've seen it by now. Um, and uh, the place went nuts at the Aria, and uh, a good time was had by all, except for those of us who were hoping for a Philadelphia 76ers win. But a great weekend of basketball, and uh, should be a decent weekend ahead, week ahead with the conference finals coming up. That's tonight. Portland at Golden State, the Curry brothers taking on each other. 9 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. Toronto and Milwaukee will start in Milwaukee with the Eastern Conference finals. That will be tomorrow night, and then tonight, before the game, we got the NBA draft lottery as well. So the Zion Williamson sweepstakes and uh, the also, you know, John Morantz and RJ Barrett's of the world, who are probably also top four picks, will be uh, kind of decided tonight. So obviously the Pistons will be at 15. They will stay at 15. There's no doubt about that. But uh, we'll have some clarity from the other top teams around the league. Of course, if you're a Pistons fan, you probably want Zion Williamson to head west. As many good players in the Western Conference as possible. Um, obviously, there's some. Juicy built-in storylines with the teams like the Knicks if they're able to land a couple of free agents and add a Zion Williamson to that. But then um, you know, the Lakers and LeBron James are in the lottery. And, uh, yeah, just uh, there could be a seismic shift in power in the NBA or it could be kind of more of the same, the usual, and, and a great player goes to a, a really crummy team and, and maybe they'll slowly build up to back to a contender status or something like that. So, um that's the word. Obviously, we'll have uh, some reaction from the lottery and the game ones on tomorrow's podcast on Wednesday. But I uh, wanted to touch on John Beeline. I was uh, actually up early to get on the plane 
and um, was kind of actually going through some the segment we had taped, maybe putting it together to put up on Monday. But that's when the news came that John Beeline was leaving the University of Michigan to become the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, a position that he flirted with from the Pistons last year and was interviewed but not uh, offered the job by Tom Gore as an ownership. So John Beeline is making the jump, and I just figured at that point I will just catch up uh, later on because I had a a, week, uh, a day of travel ahead. So um, didn't want to fool with uh, any quick John Beeline news before everyone had a chance to, to regurgitate their reactions about it. But I haven't really seen a lot negative on John Beeline. I kind of, uh, you know, you roll your eyes at what the reaction is going to be a lot of times when news like this happens. But uh, John Beeline, I think he's just kind of one of those guys who's beyond reproach right now. There's not a lot of criticism for him, um, and rightfully so, for things that he does. And and really, you know, you get to this age, he's an older coach, he's in the twilight of his career, wants to try out something new. I think it's just one of these like bigger than basketball kind of things where a guy has always probably wanted to be involved in the NBA. Um, he, he's always talked about how he watches the games and sees that the sets that they're running are similar to he, to what he's running and, and all that stuff. And, and this time of year, you know, come springtime, you got the seven game series battles back and forth between coaches. And obviously it's a different challenge. He's going to have a, a new set of headaches as opposed to some of the old sets of headaches that you're having in major college basketball. But to me, uh, I, I always have no issue with a, a man or a woman or anyone uh, just trying what they want to do throughout their lives. And this is something that he wants. It certainly, it could uh, go poorly. We know that Cleveland is not positioned to be very good next year and probably a load, a long road ahead for them to become any anywhere near a contender in the Eastern conference. But uh, John Beeline is going to have to build it like he has at West Virginia, at Michigan, at Canisius, all these other stops he's had throughout his career and successfully done it. He has uh, he's uh, operated those the right way. That sounds like uh, maybe J.B. Bickerstaff from Memphis will be joining his staff as kind of a top assistant. So he's looking for experienced assistant coaches. Obviously, this leaves the Michigan basketball team in a little bit of a lurch after two great seasons for them. Uh, they're losing three of their top players uh, going into next year, and Charles Matthews and Jordan Poole most certainly, or certainly and almost certainly, I would imagine, Ignis Brzdakis is going to join them as well. I don't see a huge path for him to come back to Michigan, especially with Beeline out now, and Brzdakis is only a freshman, but uh, older age than your, your typical college freshman coming as he stayed in Canada for an extra year there. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of my reaction there. Coaches, you know, everyone's talking about potential coaches that the Pistons could get. And a couple names that I've seen thrown out there that Detroit News had, uh, like Brad Stevens and uh, uh, Billy Donovan, guys that are former coaches that are doing – I mean, you know, Billy Donovan, I don't know if he's uh, in uh, danger of being fired in Oklahoma City, but certainly there's a, a, a school of thought that it's not been a very successful run for him uh, getting bounced at three straight first-round playoff series. But – those are a couple of names that are out there. I, I don't imagine that's going to be the case. I, I think more of like a, a Chris Beard type from Texas Tech, you know, someone like that who's uh, obviously that's the high end of a of a lower type of, um, you know, prestige school that might be able to get a, a raise and, and might be able to um, give someone a, a boost in their career by getting them to the Big Ten and really one of the uh, – model athletic programs throughout the country. So we'll see what happens. And, and, and credit to John Beeline for rising up the Michigan job to the point where we're even uh, talking about a guy like Brad Stevens or, or anything like that. And again, I don't 
see Brad Stevens leaving the Celtics, and it doesn't. It's not completely realistic. But there are the Lavelle Jordans of the world, who was a coach, assistant coach for John Beeline, who's now the head coach at Butler. Speaking of Brad Stevens and his former gig, but then you got uh, the Michigan assistants and Saudi Washington and Luke Yelich, and, and there's a lot to be worked out there. And uh, follow the news for all that. But just wanted to pass along that, hey, John Beeline, congratulations for a great job at the University of Michigan. Good luck to you at the Cleveland Cavaliers, a Central Division rival for the Pistons. We'll get and be very familiar with John Beeline's work on the court starting this fall. And I'm interested to see how it all turns out. Some intrigue in the Central Division, what kind of team they look like in the NBA with John Beeline running the show. But up next, speaking of some old friends, we're going to talk about what some former Pistons might return this offseason with Jacob Rogers of Palace of Pistons. You get the lo- you can get the Locked on Pistons podcast on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, go ahead and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pistons. Well, we've all been on both sides of this equation, so we know how tough it is to get a job, let alone find the right person to hire for your job. Well, ZipRecruiter is out there, and it makes it easy for you. Check us out at ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Yes, sir! All right, and now we're being joined by Jacob Rogers, a Palace of Pistons writer, a new Palace of Pistons writer, and also you can find him on Twitter at JRogers, which is R-O-G-E-R-S-N-B-A on Twitter there. Jacob, thanks for taking the time to join us today. No problem, Matt. Appreciate being on. Yeah, for sure. So you are just graduated from college recently, and you're one of the, you know, a couple dozens, it seems like, of the really young sports writers that are kind of uh, getting their feet wet with some of the Pistons coverage out here. Um, so what kind of things do you think that you're going to be writing about, for instance, on uh, on the Pistons this offseason? What are some of the things that uh, you have in mind of things you want to tackle? Well, definitely, we're doing a lot of covering of uh, just kind of reviewing players' seasons right now. You can see a lot of those coming out this week and next week. But um, definitely a lot about the draft and free agency trades, all that kind of stuff, who the Pistons should target. And then definitely all the updates on what happens. Um, we'll go from there, see basically kind of what happens, what pops up during the offseason. You'll, you'll see stories coming out. Yeah, and, and Jacob, one of, like I said, one of the writers for Palace of Pistons, which is kind of headed up by Aaron Johnson, who we've had on the podcast before, friend of the show. He's uh, at Madonna, I believe. So all these young guys all over the place doing great work on the internet for the Pistons. But I ha- I wanted to have you on, Jacob, because you wrote an article this week that, uh, and, and this might run on early next week. So this I could be messing up my times here. We're banking stuff as I'm going out of town this weekend. But uh, you wrote a story about some former Pistons who the, the Stones might be looking at possibly bringing back in free agency. We talked about some of the point guards around the league that could be coming back and maybe or, or, or could be coming to Detroit and some of the wings yeah. as well this week. But you had three names out there that uh, the Pistons might want to look at. Yeah, the three names were uh, Marcus Morris, Greg Monroe, and Anthony Tolliver. I know 
Greg Monroe obviously does not have the greatest rapport in Detroit after his exit and how he's just kind of jumped around the league the past what seems like three, four years when it's really only been two. Um, but I definitely, I think the person that Pistons would target the most out of those three is Marcus Morris. You know, he's coming off of a pretty solid year in Boston for the most part. You know, he's played in 75 games this year, 53 starts. He's finishing that four-year, $20 million contract that we inherited that was a steal that we got for him. Um, but really, he hasn't done much to boast or improve uh, what he could sign for this offseason. I mean, really, his numbers have been pretty much identical to what they were in Detroit. Um, when he first came to Detroit's two seasons, he averaged 14 points, almost five rebounds, two assists a game on 43% shooting, 35 from three. You look at what he's done in Boston this year, 14 points, six rebounds, and pretty much the same shooting splits. He hasn't really done much to improve it. So, I mean, if you're looking for someone that can fill that starting void for Detroit at small forward, which obviously we need because all of our wings are 6'5", 6'6", or less, um, I think Marcus Morris is that guy. Obviously, he, he knows what the city is like. He knows what the fans like to see, you know, that grit and grind that you always talk about. He's one of those kind of players. I definitely think he could fill that starting void. Yeah, and like you said, um, probably going to be due for a raise over that bargain contract that he had at about $5 million yeah. a year, but probably someone that the Pistons could fit in on that mid-level exception of $9.3 yeah. million or less. I think they could probably get him around 7 or 8 if they if they end up getting him, but I just don't think he did enough to get that contract up, kind of like how it happened with Bullock when he was here. That contract we thought was going to be about $10 million now. Who knows, he could be on his way back to Detroit as well. Yeah, yeah, especially if he uh, has the ties to the area, and if, if if he enjoyed his time here in Detroit as much as he you know said he did, and, and we believe he did, and things like that. But the question with you know guys like Morris and Bullock is whether you know you want to give them a certain amount of dollars per year, but also what kind of long term commitment you're willing to make exactly. to these guys. So it's like that's kind of the balancing act you have. I wanted to pass along in a piggyback to your article one of the trivia questions that was sent along by one of the guys who's going to be in our contest coming up. Um, and I haven't vetted this, so I, I'm not, I haven't, I haven't uh, checked this is sh- uh, for sure the only list amount of guys. But if any yeah. of these guys come back, and if Tolliver comes back, obviously we know that would be his third time yeah. coming back to yep. the Detroit Pistons organization, which I, th- I believe would be the first time that someone has three different stints. Yeah, but- I, I believe so. And as Tim, uh, listener Tim pointed out in an email, and like I said, I'm not going to use this trivia question for the contest because it's just kind of a little bit convoluted, but uh, Tolliver's played two stints with the Pistons. Chauncey Billups has played two stints mm-hmm. with the Pistons. Ben Wallace, Wallace has played two stints with the Pistons. Lindsey Hunter, two stints with the Pistons. Yep. John Long, the Detroiter, uh, two stints with the Pistons. Bad boy Ricky Mahorn, when he came back at the end of his career. Terry Mills came back to Detroit. Tayshawn Prince, as we know, uh, came back uh, after he left the first time. Theo Ratliff is a two-time Piston, and another one is Don Reed. So if Morris and or Monroe come back, they would add to that uh, triumphant list of guys making their comeback to the Pistons. But let's talk about uh, Anthony Tolliver, like you said, Jacob, uh, the third guy that you kind of profiled here. What what do you think? I mean, what do you think that he would bring? I mean, obviously, he was kind of a quiet year in Minnesota. What did you see from him that might be uh, something the Pistons could use going forward? Well, I mean, we we see what we or what we all saw back when he played for the Pistons. Um, 
he's he's a good three point shooter for a guy his size, six eight, six nine. He can shoot three at almost forty percent clip. Dude is a, he's a flat out shooter. But when he was in Detroit, he brought a lot of those hustle plays that us Detroit Pistons fans like. I remember a lot of chase down blocks from him and diving for loose balls, all that kind of stuff. But he's almost a guy you can bring in to play backup minutes behind Blake Griffin. You know, they, even with Blake's new refined game of kind of pace and space more than athleticism, Talbert can play it. Now, I'm not saying Anthony Talbert is any Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is a world-renowned athlete. He's a superstar. Anthony Talbert is a role player. But Talbert could fill that backup void. You saw John Luer in his certain stints tried doing it, and he struggled mightily. Even if Dwayne Casey wanted to play small ball, you, you could put Anthony Talbert at center if you needed. He um He's just one of those guys. He's a glue guy. He comes in and he just plays He plays with his heart every single night. He gives it his all, and that's what I like to see personally out of basketball players, and I definitely think he could bring that shooting aspect that we need off the bench. Yeah, and as we're talking about Tolliver and, and Greg Monroe in particular, we're probably talking about minimum salary type of guys. Yeah. Maybe maybe Tolliver a little bit ahead of a, what Tolliver, a veteran, veteran minimum might it'd get. It'd be like a vet man around like $2.3 million or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, and and, and obviously, uh, a lot more of a bargain than the Pistons uh, were up against when he left last summer, when he got yeah. a little bit more money from Minnesota Almost there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I agree that I uh, I don't know that Monroe. Uh, and obviously, he would kind of fill that Zaza Pachulia role, maybe yeah. even to a lesser extent. If you get uh, maybe Thon Maker or someone else, some more backup center minutes, and maybe an emergency center type of position. Me personally, yeah. I think I would I would rather make a take a swing on a little bit younger guy who's got some more upside than a Greg Monroe. I think I, I don't know if agree. you I don't know if you saw the highlight or of uh, him a couple of games ago on Philly when he uh, went up for a dunk, and I think he kind of decided midair that he. He was going to have to lay it in, and then he completely yeah. missed the layup. It was a little bit yeah. sad, sad to watch there. But Greg Monroe, real quick, uh, Jacob, what do what do you think about uh, what he could bring if he came back uh, to a Pistons uniform? Kind of as, uh, like you said, a little bit of bad blood when he left. Uh, took the the qualifying offer on a one year deal just so that he mm-hmm. could leave, as opposed to being a restricted free agent, and then uh, made a lot of money, but hasn't really uh, had the career that maybe he was hoping for when he came to Detroit. Yeah, Monroe definitely has just kind of uh, disappeared within the NBA. You know, he, like you said, he signed that qualifying offer around $5 million, go to Detroit one more year and then leave, sign something big. And he did. He went to Milwaukee, was supposed to be that starting center, all-star kind of guy, got $16 million a year. And that just fizzled out and didn't ever work. But it looked like from what I've seen um, in the few games that he's played for Philadelphia, he's he's worked on that mid-range jump shot a little bit more. When we when he was in Detroit, we saw him, you know, shoot a lot of 10, 12-foot jump shots. But for now, it's looking like he's shooting a little bit more from the elbow, it looks like, so extended out to about 16 feet. And if he can hit that at a somewhat consistent clip, that could help because we saw Zaza at times would get the ball at about the free throw line or free throw line extended and just kind of look to loss and have to shoot it, and he'd, he'd brick it every time. But if if Monroe developed that jump shot, I think it could help off the bench. You know, he's a bigger guy, six eleven, about two hundred and eighty pounds. He he knows how to play within like Detroit system because he played uh in Toronto under Nick Nurse, who was doing Casey's assistant. But I like you said, he could fill that Zaza void. It's not 
my top tier, you know, go out and get a backup center. I'd rather see Thon Maker build some muscle and become a bigger body inside. But if need be to have a third string center, I think Greg Monroe, you could potentially get him at a pretty, pretty easy price, about $3 million. Right, and I think that a, a draw for Monroe might be, and, and obviously he's a guy he's, he's looking at the end of his career, certainly on the downside for sure, that maybe there's a little bit of a loose end situation there with, like you said, the way that he exited from Detroit. Uh, sometimes, you know, in life you want to uh, tie up those loose ends and maybe there's a yep. personal uh, kind of thing that, that could be eaten at him. And, and and we'll see if the Pistons would be interested in that kind of return too. But like you said, Marcus Morris and Anthony Tolliver – two guys to really keep an eye on for Detroit Pistons fans this summer as the July 1st free agency period opens here in a few weeks uh, as, it, as time ticks down. But Jacob, thanks for your time. A Rochester College graduate, by the way, just like John Horst, sure. the, the uh, architect of the Milwaukee Bucks in a lot of ways, in addition to what John Hammond did when he was with Milwaukee before. But uh, Bud, thanks for taking the time to join us, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, and since I got this crazy week of travel going on, we're going to be coming back from Las Vegas and then heading to Chicago for the NBA Draft Combine coming up later this week. We're still going to push that Pistons biggest Pistons fan in the world trivia contest back another week. I appreciate everyone's patience on that. So you still have time to enter. That's the good news there. Go ahead and send an email to me at matt underscore shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com, and let me know your name and where you live And also, what we're asking for is to mine you guys for trivia questions. So send along a couple of questions. Don't want them to be too easy. Don't want them to be too hard. Kind of find that sweet spot of Pistons past, Pistons present, maybe even Pistons future, if you can come up with some trivia questions there. So do that. Go ahead and send that in to me. Again, that email address is matt underscore shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com. If you're not familiar with what the contest that I've talked about, we're going to have a single elimination tournament of listeners they're going to get onto phone calls one-on-one and answer a three out of five first round trivia contest between you and another listener someone gets eliminated someone moves on to the next round if you move on we'll go four out of seven for the rest of the rounds going forward and we are going to find out the biggest pistons fan in the world approaching double digits of entrance but still looking for a few more would love to get to 16 if you guys can help me out, get to 16 entrants. Uh, it's a free contest. All you got to do is email. Winner gets a Locked On Pistons podcast t-shirt, and then maybe we'll cook up something else for a good Pistons-related prize as well. So that's the details there. Free contest, all fun, and we'll uh, get through the offseason together with games and fun stuff and good interviews and draft coverage and all that good stuff going forward. So again, email address, Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com. Well, I'm going to be traveling Today, getting back to Michigan from Las Vegas, we'll be back with another podcast on Tuesday, maybe talking draft, maybe talking playoffs. We'll think of some sort of topics to talk about uh, while on the plane heading back into town. But this is your host, Matt Shook, saying thanks for listening. Thanks again to Jacob Rogers of Palace of Pistons for joining us here on the podcast, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.